Welcome to Training for Manhood, an ongoing exploration and adventure intended to be fast, fun, and formative for guys who desire to be the best men they can. Young or old, there are always areas for improvement, growth, and maturity. We hope you'll pay attention and put into practice the useful advice you hear on this podcast. But remember, the goal isn't just to listen, but to do what you learn. Welcome to Training for Manhood. All right, welcome back to Training for Manhood. Um, Dan with uh, Cole, Jordan, and Ethan uh, going through the ultimate gift. Uh, we've knocked out um, over half of the book. Um, we've done uh, a couple episodes, chapters one through five, kind of set the stage, um, looking at this story um, of a guy named Red Stevens who's passing on um, more than um, money to his uh, great nephew. He's trying to pass on a legacy and a heritage um, by giving him these gifts, these life lessons, these life principles. And so we've walked through those uh, gifts one through three, gifts four through six in the second episode. Uh, so now uh, we're looking at gifts. Uh, where did I say we were? <laughs> gift of laughter. Seven, yes. Uh, this is actually chapter nine in the book. It's the seventh gift. It is the gift of laughter. Um, Ethan, tell, tell me what you thought this uh, what this chapter was going to do. I was hoping it would make me laugh or even crack a smile, but um, the jokes in it are corny yeah, and not yeah. funny. Okay, uh, uh, But the principles are very well. Apparently the gift of laughter is not that you laugh at a good joke. It's that in a sense you can laugh at anything. life and yeah. you can laugh at anything. And so Now I did think the joke was funny. Okay, See, I like dad end, jokes. Okay, at the end, whenever hey, he, I like your tie. When the blind, oh, you're guy, blind. <laughs> that's golden. Yeah, that's golden. <laughs> I love it. It's a beautiful tie. You're such a dad. Uh, so, so there's a little bit of humor in this particular chapter, depending on where you are in life. <laughs> you either it's like fair. it or you don't. Yes, my mm. boys think that my dad humor is not necessarily funny. Yeah, so my wife Ethan, says dad jokes are just bad jokes. And so I, I, we, we go back and forth about it. Yes. Um, uh, he says here uh, in the book, uh, I'll just read this. It says, it, meaning the gift of laughter, is the ability to look at yourself, your problems, and life in general and just laugh. Uh, many people live unhappy lives because they ta- take things too seriously. Um, I'll say this, that the, um, the concept of comparison Right. And I think, again, right, social media, it has positives, it has negatives. Right. Um, I think you have to be very careful, though, um, of allowing the comparison concept to steal your joy. Um, And I think that's one of the things is so many people, unfortunately, are living other people's lives and watching that and not realizing the joy that comes from their own. Even the even the joy. And we just talked about this, the joy of problems. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, That, you know, you're not always going to have these problems. I mean, they're, they're, can I just tell you, here's, this may sound weird, right? I know several people who have like lifelong debilitating things that are going on and they get a sense of joy out of, you know what, here's the deal. At some point I'm going to be home in heaven and it's not going to be there anymore. Right. And I know that's, you know, that doesn't help you with today, yeah, right? Yeah. Because you're always thinking about tomorrow, but here's the deal. There is a tomorrow. Yeah. I have, I have a hope for a tomorrow. Um, that helps me put today in perspective. Mm-hmm. That today is not the only day. Um, one of one of our um, uh, nieces had a saying one time. Um, she had her second worst day ever. Anybody ever said you know worst day ever? <laughs> yeah. Well, her line was she had her second worst day ever. And I remember we we asked her like, well, why would why would that be your second worst day ever? And she goes, well, I was kind of reserving my worst day ever for something maybe kind of worse than that. <laughs> hey. Right? I was like, That's a good outlook, I guess. Yeah, okay. That's fair. <laughs> that is fair. Right? Like, you know, how bad was it? It's like. 
Well, you know, if that's the worst day ever, then it's not that bad. Yeah, so yeah, she, yeah. she was like, I reserve that. That might be my second worst day ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, the gift, um, the gift of laughter, I think, is just um, being able to have um, a sense of joy that goes through um, your day. I know people who, um, you know, have a – when they walk into the room, they bring a lightness and a levity that just brings joy and laughter wherever they go. And that's a, that's a great gift to have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I know people who, when they walk into a room, they bring everything down and it becomes depressing. And I think you have to be very careful of that. Not that, you know, your, your whole life has to be frivolity, mm-hmm. um, but I think it's, it's good to be able to laugh, you know, and go through your day with a, with a sense of a smile on your face, no matter how bad things are around you. At oh yeah, absolutely. Time. And you know, like what you're saying, uh, it laughter is infectious, mm-hmm. uh, but negativity is infectious it as is. well. It and is. So I've, yeah. I've known people that sometimes you just look at them and you think, do you enjoy being sad? Yeah. Do you enjoy mm-hmm. that? Cause yeah. you, there's a certain amount of attention you get from sharing problems and things like that. But man, I think that so much time and so much experiences can be wasted if we forget to laugh. That's, that's why I love yeah. being around kids. Yeah. You know, mm. um, my sister has two boys, one's two and five. Mm. And if you just watch them, man, you will laugh. Yeah. And I just think that, um, our life's supposed to be fun and, you know, our family's supposed to be fun. Experience is supposed to be fun. And, um, something I'm grateful for with our faith is that I believe God's fun. Hmm. Jesus is fun. Like, okay. okay. Can I throw this out? Yeah. Favorite thing about the chosen. Oh, I was literally, are you thinking about the wedding at Cana? Okay. Well, actually, well, yes. Okay. So and, that's my answer. And they gave Jesus a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now the wedding feast of Cana, when he, when he drops the joke about, you know, he can't, yeah. he can't dance. Like, and Andrew, like, got two left feet, right, yo. Yeah. <laughs> even, even, even the son of man can't do everything. Right. And I was like, that's the funniest <laughs> joke ever. <laughs> that's amazing. Right. Like, you know, he can't dance, but I'm God. It's like, nah, I can't What's even the make theology of that. Let's break that down. <laughs> but like they gave Jesus a sense of humor. And I thought, good. how appropriate is that? Yeah. Right. That if you think humor came somewhere else than God, Right then, you've missed it. And I, when I read through Scripture, right, there are several times when you're laughing because you're like, you have got to be kidding, mm-hmm. right? God has an incredible sense of humor. So oh, yeah. I love I that love you brought that up part. the chosen because literally in that scene, I remember yep. I watched how Jesus was just messing around with his disciples, and right there, I started to cry. Yes, because we we put this. We put this seriousness on God and he was like, yo, like he just wants to do life with us. He just, he loves, like, why would he die for someone that he doesn't want to have a fantastic time with? Exactly. Why would he (laughs) want to spend eternity with us like this? Mm, (laughs) Yeah. You are my children. It's like, no, like it's a celebration. And yes, man, like life is hard, but we have eternity with Jesus on the other side of it. So let's enjoy it. Let's enjoy it. We're here because he wants us here. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think that reigns true of, um, the verse that comes to mind is John 10, 10, right? It's like the thieves come to steal, kill Mm. and destroy, but I came to give life abundantly. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, sometimes it's unfortunate that Christians or the church is known more for what they're against than Mm -hmm. what they're for. And so I just think that that's such an encouragement is that the life with Jesus is better. It's not a list of rules and a list of rules and things you'll miss out on. A life with Jesus is a fun life. And I think you can meet some fun people while you do it. Yeah. I think one thing uh, to completely bring the mood down because this is about laughter naturally. uh, I think there is a caution to us though, right? Uh, So in this book, Mm. uh, they kind of make a point of like, hey, we need to be able to laugh at ourselves. In, in a certain sense, like we need to laugh at our problem, like be able to laugh at our problems. God's bigger than those. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a very real sense where we see in the world this 
comedy that is self-deprecating. Oh, yeah. oh that's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I think it's worthy to say, worth saying, hey, like we are still made in the image of mm. God. And so the things that are challenging to us, uh, maybe we shouldn't be uh, going out and making jokes about the way that God created us in a self-deprecating way yeah. uh, because that is not honoring to God. Uh, and that ultimately brings us down because uh, not it brings us down, like our spirit down a little bit to where we're not as happy because we're, we're saying these self-deprecating jokes, but there is a little bit of truth in it. Uh, and that little bit of truth is a painful truth. Yeah. Um, and so I, I think of C.S. Lewis, he says, uh, being selfless isn't thinking less of yourself. Uh, so having good, being able to laugh at your jokes isn't being able to laugh at the actual problem that you're going at, yeah. uh, the actual problem that is with you. Uh, but it is being able uh, to uh, think of yourself less. Yeah. Uh, and so being able to joke about it in a lighthearted manner, but not in a self-deprecating manner. Yeah. And I'll say this. Um, we shouldn't be laughing at things that God's crying about. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So when we see sin in the world, that's, massive. Right, that's not funny. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sad, right. right? Because sin destroys, right? And those are real people. Um, and I, I think, you know, that's the concept that you see um, that there are um, segments of society that, you know, they just want you to laugh at their sin, mm-hmm. right? And it's just as a Christian, you can't laugh at sin. Mm. Um, you know, you, you just, you, you, it's destroying, right? You don't, you don't laugh at cancer. When you walk into the doctor's right. office and says cancer, you don't just, you know, hilariously laugh. Yeah. Um, you can have a sense of peace, right? That God is bigger than your cancer, right? You can laugh at the situation in, in terms of, you know, here's the deal. It gets me home faster. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, but, but the reality is, it's like, um, you know, when God created the world, um, sin was what brought in that death and that devastation. Yeah. Um, so we don't, we don't laugh at sin because God's not laughing at sin, but God has an incredible sense of humor. Yeah. He does. So uh, great, great chapter. Um, next chapter is chapter 10, the gift of dreams. Um, he says in here, it says, dreams are the essence of life, not as it is, but as it can be. Mm. Um, and I, I love that from a, you know, a standpoint of a Christian because, you know, being able to see the world through the lens of God, um, being able to see young people through God's eyes and not your own uh, with the potential that God has for them as opposed to what you see, right, what's in front of you. Um, you know, I'm constantly reminding people um, of the idea that, um, you know, life is a movie, Right, and you're taking snapshots. You mentioned you know the life of David before, right? You take a snapshot of David in the wrong chapter, and he's the the worst person in the world. You take a snapshot of him, you know, a couple chapters earlier or later, and you're like, what a great guy. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, just you know, just that concept comes in, and so you have to you constantly see that. So, um, in the book, he tells him about some of the great dreamers uh, that he's been around. Right, his friend Walt Disney, um, who is you know a notoriously incredible dreamer, and look what all you know that he created, and of course. You know, we could go into comments about where it is now, but we don't need to. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> um, anyway, uh, he just talks about you know the the possibility um, of prioritizing um, things in your life so that you can go out and live life with a passion. I think it's it's a it's a fun chapter. It's a mm-hmm. it's a good reminder to us uh, about the importance of um, living life with the potential of doing something significant and meaningful, mm-hmm. important. Right, mm-hmm. not not getting trapped in you know TikTok and eight second sound bites. Mm-hmm. So yeah, my true. takeaway, you guys. Yeah, no, the quote here in this chapter it says, "Assume everything is possible." Mm. Um, that really reigns true, I think, for me because I think it just shows that hope is a powerful thing, mm. and yeah. I think having goals is just such an important thing. You yeah. know, there's so many people around there that I think we think are content with you know I'm good just playing video games and having an easy life, but um, you have to have goals and directions like atomic habits is an incredible book it began with the end in mind so okay. where are you going to end up and, and dreaming big yeah um and i think if you don't have a target 
with your life, you're never going to hit it. And so have ambition and dream big. Yeah. I love the, the idea of leaving a legacy that's greater than myself. Right. So like we were looking at the gift of money earlier and we made an allusion to investing in something so much more. Uh, And I think that uh, that's what Jason mentions. He says, Hey, I, I think the dream of my life, I I realized as I was thinking that uh, a lot of the things that I'm thinking of would just be good things to accomplish, like things that I could go ahead and knock out. But the dream of my life is I want to take this gift that my grandfather has passed on and my great grandfather has passed along to me. And I want to give it to as many people as possible. Um, And so that idea of uh, our, our dream being our legacy, like who are we, um, who, who do we love, uh, namely Jesus, right? Uh, and allowing uh, that to outlive us uh, in the way that we provide, uh, much in the way that Red did, right? So he, he wanted his, uh, his family to be taken care of. Uh, that's why he didn't just give all of his money to some random group of people. Like he wanted to provide for his family. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he wanted their character to be matched to where they could right. handle uh, the things that he had been given them. Well, and so it's a both and. So, so interesting concept, right? M- money to me is a tool, mm-hmm. right? And and. If you gave your three-year-old a chainsaw, mm. right, started it and handed it to him, you're a terrible parent, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. And I think that you see that principle in the book, right, is Red knows that his his own family, right, if he gives them this money, right, in a sense, he's damaging them yeah. because he's giving them something that they're not able to use because they don't have the character to do it. I yeah. think it was Carnegie that had the, the statement one time about, um, you know, he, he ended up giving very little of his money that he passed on to his own kids. Hmm. And he said he didn't want to cripple his kids and ruin their lives by giving them money. Hmm. And I was like, that's fascinating. Like, you know, working hard and learning the value of money, then you understand what this tool can do. But if you don't know how powerful money can be, I mean, you you read through scripture, you get more warnings about money, (laughs) (laughs) right? Then you do about, hey, what do you do with your money? It's like, Mm -hmm. be careful, be careful, be careful, be careful. Right. And I, and I think that's a, a great reminder to us because you understand that the way that we're wired, right, as eternal beings living in a temporary situation, sometimes the temporary can take away from the eternal. And so when Christ says, you know, hey, listen, you can't serve two masters, right? You know, God or you know, man, God or money, he puts money in the category of, oh, are you saying that it can become a God? And mm-hmm. the answer is yes, it can. Very easily. Right. Lots of things right, can, can demand your attention and become gods or become idols in your life. And you have to be careful of that. Yeah. Um, even dreams. Um, even dreams. I know. Yeah. So yeah. I grew up, on, again, I wanted to be a rock star. Yeah. Um, and frankly, that's not a gift present day that I've given up on. But the difference between then and now is at some point I realized that, man, you got to submit it to Jesus. Yeah. You just got to lay it down. And it's like, yo, like God, I have this desire, but what I desire more is for you to use me yep. in the way that I know, you know, Jeremiah says, for I know the plans right. I have for you. And that specifies that you do not. Yeah. God knows. So if you so, submit your plans, yeah. then, and you're, you know, called according to his purpose and you just want to fulfill the plan that he's put on your life, he's going to because he put everything inside of you for yeah. a reason. Amen. He didn't. God's not planting seeds that he has no intention of of Harvesting. reaping for harvest. Yeah, that would yeah. make him a bad steward, yeah. and we know that's not God. And so, what's he wa- what's he want to do with here. that dream, though? That's right. So maybe it's not the um, the fame that I want. Maybe it's significance. Yeah. And here I am, where God's put me in a position to pursue dreams I didn't even realize I had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, in your pursuit of God, He will direct your path and breathe life into dreams that you couldn't have um, 
honed in on on your own. Yeah. Well, I'm sitting here, right, because I went to law school so I could run for office. Politics mm. was the passion, right? I'm 53 years old, still haven't run for office yet. Mm. There's still time. Thank you. <laughs> I vote for you. Apparently, there's a lot of time, right? <laughs> you want to run for president, you can be like 119. Oh, it doesn't man. matter anymore. Um, but but the reality is, is God has taken those dreams, right, and moved them in different ways, a path that, honestly, if he had shown me this path yeah. when I was 25 and said, hey, this is where we're going to go, I'd have voted a no. One <laughs> Which is funny because <laughs> right, he like, says a lamp under my path, right? Yes. He doesn't He doesn't, doesn't say, say a, hey, a here's, the end, light, right? here's yeah. the end road. Yeah, uh, it's one, yeah. one step at a time, right? And so the journey that he's taken me on, and my kids are at the age now where, you know, we can have those conversations adult to adult, um, and they're starting their careers, right? And I tell them, yeah, here's, you know, here's the step, and then here's the step, and here's the step. And it's like, it doesn't make sense until in some sense you kind of look back on it, mm-hmm. right? But again, the, the dream that I have, right, of doing with what God has given me a passion for, he's used that, and he's brought that to his glory, but in a much different yeah. way than I would have done, right? right? Yeah. And, and the way I would have done it would have been about Dan Panetti, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. It would have been about, about elevating wow. me as opposed to elevating him. So interesting chapter. I'm glad you brought yeah. that up. That's a that's, that's a good, good thing. Um, chapter eleven, giving. All right, here we go. Hey, I got a bunch of pastors in the room. Come Let's on. see what we're going to talk about with giving. Come on. <laughs> so, chapter eleven is the gift of giving. Um, uh, great line in there. It says, "Unconventional wisdom would say that the less you give, the more you have." He says, "The converse is true. The more you give, the more you have. Abundance creates the ability to give." Giving creates more abundance. And, and I think the other thing that giving does um, is it creates an investment in the thing that you gave to as opposed to just the hoarding of things on your own, mm. right? Because, because you're, not, you're not doing anything with the resources that you have. Um, I put down in here, right, that we don't just have – when he's talking about the gift of giving, it's not just money, mm. right? Um, from a you know, biblical standpoint, we talk about the, the, the time, the talents, and the treasure – um, and I think it's an interesting thing um, because um, time, everybody has the same amount of, mm. right? Uh, treasure can be something, right, that can be, you know, you can you can have more of, right? Talents is an interesting thing too, though. I think that's something we don't often look at in terms of giving, um, that yeah. God has given us talents. You were talking about, right, the talent of creating, you know, music. Um, when God gives you that talent, Sometimes we think about that as just something for ourselves mm-hmm. and our own glory, but we don't think about how God can use that gift as well. So interesting chapter. What did you guys take away from the gift of giving? Yeah, um, I think the biggest takeaway for me, um, at the heart of generosity, I've always understood it, is that uh, well, if I give, just take treasure for, for example, if I were to give money to you, Dan, yes, that by definition means that I care more about you than what I'm giving. Yes. So it's if I give to a cause or a person, I care more about that cause or person than I do for the things I give. And so I just think that's the culture has that so twisted. And it's that the goal of our life is not to sit on a big pile of stuff in the biggest house in the nicest neighborhood driving home from the corner office. And so um, I think that ultimately a place that generosity is a command by God. We see that in scripture. Mm -hmm. And I think that's on purpose to turn the spotlight away from us mm-hmm. is that it's a submission to, of God that we give and we're supposed to give sacrificially. Um, you know, my favorite story in scripture is the woman that gave two coins. Mm. Like he said, 
her gift. You know, all these yep. men were given so much money yep. uh, in terms of dollar value, and she gave two coins, and that's all she had. Yeah. And Jesus says, you have given the most. Yeah. And so I think it's it's a matter of priorities when we turn and talk about giving. Of Do I care more about the cause and the person, more, or do I care more about my money? Yeah. And so I think that's the heart of the matter when it, when it comes to that. And it good. takes a lot of humility to that's see good. that. Yeah. yeah, I just started um, uh, gospel. The gospel comes with a house key by Rosaria Butterfield, hmm. um, and she talks about you know radical. I think radical, unconventional, or radical, radical ordinary hospitality. Hmm. Um, the, in a sense, the gift of giving yourself to hmm. the people around you. Yeah, right. She, her thing is um, make everyone around you your neighbor, um, and make your neighbors children of God. Hmm. Right. Hmm. So it's a, it's a beautiful picture, but I mean, I think. You know, the gift of giving, we often forget about, right? I mean, your, your money is, is an extension of yourself, right? Your time is an extension of yourself. Your talents are an extension of yourself, right? It's, it's how are you using those to advance something greater than just yourself? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's a great principle and great question that you have in there. Yeah, and I think something that's fascinating within, within this is certain of these. So if, I, if giving money is super easy for me, mm-hmm. like praise God, right? Yeah. Like he's, yeah. he's given you that ability so that you can grant that. Uh, and so I think uh, in some aspects, he's asking you for the most difficult of the three, wow. right? So like we, if I'm able to give my money freely, praise God, because that's going to be a blessing. I'm investing in things that are eternal, things yep. that yep. I'm saying, hey, this is more important than the things I give, like Cole was mentioning. Uh, but for the person who has uh, ample money and is able to give generously with that, maybe God's wanting you to give your time to someone, mm. uh, because that time is the thing that is the most difficult for you to give because you uh, are perceived so busy in this world. Yeah. Uh, and so if you can then... Uh, Money, you're you're crush you're crushing it. But if you can then begin using your time to multiply what God has done in you into the life of other people, and then you're going to see uh, that money go so much further uh, as well because your time That's is good. B- a vote of confidence yeah. into someone else. Yeah. And so if I get the opportunity to sit across from a leader who is a much, a much higher level than me, then that gives me a vote of confidence that says, "Hey, you're worth me spending this time." Mm. Uh, and I know that you're a busy person, uh, and so your sacrifice of that time means a ton more to me than you buying me a lunch because yeah. I know that you can buy anyone. And, and some be, as many lunches as you want. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, the same is true with, with our treasures as well. Like if, if it's easy for me to give my time or my talent, uh, then or my time uh, or treasure rather, then maybe my talent is the thing that the Lord wants me to lay at his yeah. feet. Um, and so uh, that, that's I, something. I'd say too, um, think about who you're giving to, right? Because I have a different principle. Um, I invited a person to speak who was super, 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 super famous. Um, and their assistant got back to me and they said, um, you probably don't have any idea how super famous this person is, which I thought it was kind of funny because well, I'm, I'm the one who invited him. Of course, <laughs> of course, I know how super famous they are. <laughs> you know, like That's why I invited him. Um, but they, they proceeded to tell me that this person only takes basically like, let's say, two speaking engagements a year, mm. um, which, which I laughed at because what they were trying to tell me was you're not worthy of one of those two, yeah. right? Well, I took it just the opposite. Right, I was like, "Oh, so they only take two, so one of them could be us." Right, and they're like, "No, no, you don't understand." And I said, "Here's here's my thought." I said, "Don't make the mistake, right, that Samuel made when he walked into Jesse's house, mm-hmm. and and God said, "Hey, you're going to go anoint the next king," and Jesse looked at the oldest and said, ah, "There he is," mm-hmm. right, because it looks good, right, because it's normal. It's hey, basically it's like what Saul is, right? You know, he's big, he's strong, he's the oldest, right? And it's like, no, it's not him. It's not him. It's not him. It's not him. We went through until we got to the little shepherd boy who wasn't even there. And I said, here's the deal. If this person could speak to anyone, right? And if you go to his audiences, 
and everybody there is, you know, 70 and 80 and already wealthy, right? Then he's, he's talking to the people who have already established themselves. I said, he needs to find the audience of David's. And I said, I work at a high school. I got a bunch of David's. Yeah. Hmm. Right. I said, so come, come speak here. And so I think just that, that reminder, right. To us of when you're giving, um, pay attention who you're giving to. Yeah. It's good. Right. Find some people who really have a need. Yeah. Yeah. And, and invest in them. And if you're a really significant and important person, find somebody who's not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, that's what scripture says, right? Yeah. Like, uh, don't, don't just look for the person who can benefit you. That's right. Um, but invite the person who has no relevance into the feast. Yeah. What you did so for that, the least of these, yeah. you did under me. That's mm-hmm. and right there. there um, because giving is a direct indication of our worship yes. and what, where we place value. Um, that's what the word means, right? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. What do you shift. place what do you, worth? What do you place worth um, on? So with the woman who comes and anoints Jesus, oh. she's essentially saying, I don't have anything thing that means more to me than you. And so I'm going to give you the next best thing. Just like there's you and then this bottle of expensive um, perfume. Yeah. And and I love it because, right. um, Is is that where, when he had gone into the house, they hadn't washed his feet when he walked in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and Jesus, you know, he's like, if you knew who she was, you know, you'd be like, and, and Jesus looks at him. Right. And it's just like, well, she's at least washing my feet, which you didn't even do when I walked in. Yeah. And that's, I mean, like, that's a, oh man, that's such a powerful story. There's some stories like that in scripture oh. that you got to just like sit back and go, okay, where am I in that story? Right. Who right? Am, I? am I, am I, yeah, am I breaking that bottle over the feet of Jesus or am I the guy over there? judging everybody who didn't wash his feet. I recently studied that chapter and I don't want to take too (laughs) much time with this, but I think it kind of directly goes into the next chapter. So the guy is Simon, the, uh, zealot. The zealot. No, I don't think it was the zealot. No, it was a different Simon. Um, I think it was Simon the Pharisee. Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was a Pharisee's house. Um, that, you know, Jesus is hanging out and this woman comes and pours this ointment on. But if you, um, I believe no, it wasn't. It was Simon the leper. Jesus was in Simon the leper's house, okay. which makes okay. you. We draw the conclusion he wasn't a leper anymore. Jesus has healed him and is now spending time with this former leper. Okay, and Simon is throwing shade at this woman who is pouring everything she has on Jesus. And I'm reading this. I was like, bro, you're literally called Simon the leper in the Bible. Why are you hating on this person who's worshiping Jesus? Shouldn't this be the posture? You're literally Simon the leper. Jesus has healed you from this, um, isolating thing. And it's just really interesting. You, you mentioned that it's like, wow. Um, what are we not willing to give Jesus? Because uh, this guy comes back into wealth and he comes back into status and, you know, he's sitting, you know, high atop his mountain of treasure. And he's like, mm, I don't think you should be able to come and give Jesus this thing over here. When all Jesus is like, you didn't even wash my feet, bro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think, you, I think that's a great question when we talk about giving is what are you not willing to give? Because mm, whatever you're not willing to give, that's your God. Yeah. It's, it's like <laughs> God's not going to judge what you give, but yeah. what you leave over. Amen. It's, it's harder so for a rich heart. man. Ananias and Sapphira, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's great stories like that in yeah. the Bible of just what are you holding back from God? What are you not willing to give? Yeah. Because, because, because here's the deal. What has he held back from you? He didn't hold back his son. No. 
and yet we hold things back from God all the time. Great chapter. Great chapter. Oh, my goodness. Lots more we could go into, but we got to stop. Um, that's the end of our third episode, and, uh, and we're going to dive into the last episode. So if you haven't gotten the book and you haven't ca- caught up on your reading, do it now, uh, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, check out additional content on our website, trainingformanhood.com. That's training, the number four, manhood.com. Until next time, in the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man.